Actually, purposely waited 24 hours before doing the podcast just because I was so upset um, after the game, after the game five loss to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I, I so beside myself with frustration, which is I'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, Laker fans are right now, and I'm sure everybody's feeling the same thing. Um, the frustration. I I I think uh, I think we got a real problem here. I really do. Um, I'm concerned, and I'm more than a little bit worried about it, and I'm more than a little bit frustrated about it as as a fan. Um, so the Lakers lost. We lost to the Denver Nuggets again. Um, Kobe Bryant ended up with a 43-point playoff game. Uh, I think it was the 12th or 14th in his career of 40 or more points in a playoff game, and it was wasted in in the loss, which which is a bummer. Um, I've been saying um, all along about Powell, how Powell was the glue that kind of holds this whole thing together, that Powell's consistency is what has been carrying the team. And sure enough, one time Powell happens to have a bad game, we uh, we fall apart. We look terrible. The team had a chance to close out the Denver Nuggets, finish the series, and get multiple days of for rest and preparation before we go play Oklahoma City in the second round. And we blew it because the team just didn't show up ready to play. I mean, it it drives me insane how how we were not ready to play. And and I, I don't believe it's a blanket issue with the entire team. Um, I don't think everybody was lackluster. Uh, I think the bench guys, I think they played with a lot of energy. I think they came out with energy and really trying to do something. Um, I I think Powell had a bad game. Um, I don't think it's an energy issue for, for Powell per se, but I mean, he's been so consistent that you know every once in a while he's gonna have a bad one. And unfortunately, we are so dependent on Andrew um, being good for us to win if, if Powell has a bad game and then Andrew decides to not show up like he did then we're we're sunk, we're sunk, and we we really needed to close this game. We really needed to, to close the series by winning this game against Denver and just putting putting them away. They were down three one in the series. Well, they were down one and three in the series, and they were they were dead in the water. I I believe that they believed that they were dead in the water. That there was no way they were going to win the series, and they were just gonna go out and give their best effort, but it's kind of like, well, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? It's the Lakers. I think that's where their mindset was before Bynum opened his big mouth, because I think 
that it, I don't think it changed everything, but I think it it definitely made a difference, you know, because I mean his comments that he made saying that basically closeout games are easy and if you just come out with with energy and effort at the beginning, teams tend to fold. Uh, first of all, he has not played in nearly enough playoff series to even open his trap about something like this. I don't know why we don't. Somebody doesn't go get a muzzle for him and just so he can shut him up because he just every time he opens his mouth, it seems like something ridiculous and stupid comes out, and something like this which obviously is, is great motivational material for the opposite team. So George Carl, you know, did he did he make sure his team was aware of it? Of course. Were they already already aware of it? Probably. You know, but now they have something to fight for. Now they know that the Lakers feel that it's gonna be easy to close to close them out because they're probably gonna fold. You know, and Denver is a team with a with a lot of heart. They have a lot of heart. They've been playing with a lot more heart than we have, and they've got some really really good players who know how to play as a team. And even though their backs were against the wall, and they thought, you know what, we're probably not going to win this series, but once they heard that, I'll, I'll bet you anything. If I was them, I would have think, you know what, we might we might not win this series, and we might lose and get eliminated, but you know what, it's not going to be today. There's no way it's not going to be today. And they came out firing on all cylinders. They came out smoking. And what did we do? We came out complacent and lackadaisical once again. So what what Andrew was possibly thinking and saying that, I have no idea. Um, other than maybe the only thing that makes sense to me is that maybe he was thinking, he was referring to uh, the Lakers last year in the second round. Being that we were being facing an elimination and we and then we folded because that's exactly what he did last year in the second round against Dallas. He gave up, he folded, and then when he realized that we were going to get eliminated, then what does he do? He goes on and he with his cheap shot against Barea under the rim and then gets thrown out of the game and rips off his jersey. You know that's how that's how he deals since it deals with things. He's like a child, you know, and he did the same the same thing this game when we were down. He, he practically clotheslined. I mean, it, the dude, he's a, he's a knucklehead. He's a classic knucklehead. You know, and it, it's, uh, it's so frustrating, mostly because of the fact that the way the team is laid out right now, the, the, way that, the way that it's laid out, we're so dependent on him. I mean, basically, the team goes as Andrew goes. I mean, when Andrew plays well, we win. When Andrew doesn't play well, we usually lose. And that's kind of the reality of it. Um, Kobe always brings it. Kobe always always brings the energy and always brings the effort. His shot is are not always falling, but he, he always brings the effort. That's never in question. Powell almost always brings the effort. I, I could fault his effort a little bit last night. Uh, he was having a bad game. But usually he's right there too. Uh, but it it almost doesn't matter because we're so dependent on Andrew. You know, I don't think Phil Jackson trusted Andrew any farther that he could than he could throw him. You know, which is why even when Andrew was healthy under Phil Jackson, he would never play him in the fourth quarter. 
it was always Lamar that was on the court in the fourth quarter. It was hardly ever Andrew. Andrew has, has not been in a position to finish games until this year. Because, as we all know, there is no Lamar anymore. So we have no choice. It's lean on Andrew. And when Andrew is playing well, it's great. It's fabulous. We're practically unbeatable. But just like I said, after game two, when back when everything was looking so wonderful and glorious, because Andrew was involved in playing well, and, and I said, well, I it's probably not going to last because he hasn't been consistent all year uh, in bringing that energy every game. And he hasn't brought it since for a full game. He's had spurts. He's had like half games here and maybe a quarter there, but he hasn't brought it for a full game since game two. You know, so it's not it's not even like he's gonna every once in a while he'll have a lackluster game. He hasn't had a full game in the last three games. So and that's that's what we're banking on. That's what we're depending on. That's that's the future of the Lakers. You know, it, it's scary, and I do not feel good about it at all. You know, it. it, it uh, I mean, and it's not just the comments. I mean, I'm sure even if he didn't say anything, um, I don't know if the result would have been any different because the fact that, that Denver had nothing to lose, Denver plays well as a team anyway, Denver always gives 100% maximum effort for their coach and for each other every time, which in itself is way more than, than we've been doing as a team. So, you know, I don't I don't think his comments cost us the game. It definitely didn't help us and another thing that it shows to me is is it's a complete lack of respect for the other team that Denver uh, Andrew doesn't have any respect for Denver as a team I mean oh yeah it's gonna be easy I mean for as ridiculous as that quote is it kind of speaks a little bit to his mindset you know and it I mean he's not alone I mean the sports media in general, has been kind of talking about this since the beginning of the series, since before the series even started. What they've everybody's been talking about is, oh, you know, should the Lakers maybe not be afraid to lose some games to Denver so that we can have Meta World Peace back for the entire series against Oklahoma City? You know, that that's been a conversation piece this this whole time, which is kind of a little bit ridiculous and a lot disrespectful. To Denver because what it what it implies is oh yeah of course the Lakers are gonna win this series nobody doubts that but how many games should we take to do it like we're in complete control of that should we sweep them or or no should we maybe take it easy a little bit and maybe give up one or two games so that we don't have to lose uh, meta world peace for any games against Oklahoma City I mean that whole thought process is is ridiculous and it's elitist and it, it has it has no place, but that's the sports media has been talking like that for for the last two weeks. So who knows? Maybe I'm sure Andrew watched Sports Center. I'm sure he hears that and goes, "Oh yeah, you know, I guess we're of course we're gonna be get by Denver." Well, you know what? I'm not convinced we're gonna get get by Denver. I mean, I think we probably will. We will probably win this series. We'll probably find a way to win to beat Denver for at least one game in the next two games. It'll probably happen. And then we're going to go to Oklahoma City, and we're going to have a very rude wake-up call. And it's going to be ugly. 
unless things change real quick. So, I mean, some people have been saying, oh, how long, you know, just, well, he's, he's young, you know, Andrew's young. And I hear this all the time that, oh, Andrew, he's just a young guy and he's gonna, he hasn't matured yet. You know, we just have to wait for him to mature. You know, he hasn't matured as a player. And, and you know what? Personally, it's a lot of crap, okay? He's been in the in the league for seven years now, okay? He has had every opportunity to mature. And you know what? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's ever going to happen. How long did it take for Allen Iverson to mature, you know? How long did it take for Rasheed Wallace to mature, I mean, ask yourself that, and 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 then, do you really believe that Andrew Bynum is going to mature? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen. Will he get better as a player? Yeah, I think he will. Will he get Will he get more consistent? Yeah, I think he will. You know, but is he going to mature as in terms of the way he thinks? I I doubt it. I doubt it, and I doubt his his ability to lead the team in the future. In the future, I, I say, I'm, I'm referring to post-Kobe. You know, he's he wants to be the man. He wants to be the man, and he thinks he should be the man, but I don't. he's never going to be the man in terms of of leadership. It's it's not going to happen. Yeah, he... I, I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. The thing, he never thinks it's, it's him. I mean, he was asked afterwards, after the game, if he regretted the comments that he made. And of course his answer was no. No, I don't regret it. Because I'm sure in his mind, it's, it's the media's fault for just making this big deal out of this, this completely innocuous statement that, that he made, which is, is probably his point of view. He's, he's not, he is not doing anything wrong. He never does anything wrong. Never does anything wrong on the on the floor, indeed. Except that maybe he, he didn't he wasn't prepared for the for the game three. He didn't come prepared for the game, so you know he, he kind of did that wrong. Which how he could possibly do that? And then did he come prepared for the next game? No. He he hasn't played a full game since game two, in terms of a full game with energy and effort that it takes that it takes to win basketball games in the playoffs these days. And he's, oh, we're the Lakers. Oh, we're so good. Oh, we don't, you know, we're, we're going to be fine. We're going to beat them at some point. You know, and, and that, that may be true for Denver, just because of the fact that they don't have any, any star players. They don't. But it's definitely not going to be true in the, sec in the next round. Not by a long shot. It, he's going to get a rude, rude awakening unless he has a complete paradigm shift between now and the time we play Oklahoma City. Because that's going to be ugly. you know. But, but who knows? I mean, for all I know, maybe the, the thought process or the point of view is that, you know, yeah, it's just Denver, but once we get down to Oklahoma City, then it's going to be that we're going to tighten up the bootstraps and really, really get to work and really bring the energy. And you know what? He might. That, that might actually happen. And if he can do that for enough games and be consistent in the playoffs and do that for enough games we might even we we might even get by Oklahoma City we might I, I honestly I think the chances are pretty slim right now but it could happen I mean he's he's that ridiculously talented that if he just decides to turn it on if he just decides to be involved if he decides decides to put himself 100 percent into the game, which he has done before. 
then I have no doubt in my mind we could beat Oklahoma City. That's that's what's so frustrating is that I be, I believe before that we could win a championship with this team. We still can. We definitely have the potential and the talent to win a championship. But with a committed and consistent and energized Andrew Bynum. And that, my friends, is a huge, huge if. And there is nothing that history, the history of Andrew Bynum in the league, has taught us that says that that's what we're going to get. Nothing at all. We will probably get it for a couple games, a couple more games during this run, but consistently, game after game, I I don't I don't see it unless like I said unless he has a complete paradigm shift in the way that he thinks between this series and the next which you know hey it's it's still possible it could happen maybe he's just waiting for Oklahoma City to actually pull his panties up I don't know but if he does it'll probably be competitive Will he be able to do it consistently enough, game game in and game out? I have no idea. But if, like I said, if we look at history, I'm gonna have to say probably not. You know, I mean, it, it it's ridiculous to me. It, it, there was an interesting thing said today, listening to uh, ESPN Radio, and um, there was a guy named A. Martinez who talks about and talks in the L.A. media about the Lakers all the time, and he he had a point he was making today where he was saying that in actuality he had a realization that it's it's Bynum's team. It's Andrew's team. It's not Kobe's team anymore. It's Andrew's team. And the, his rationale for that, what, and that really like caught me by like, what? How could you possibly be saying that? That's ridiculous. But his, his rationale was because what, what I mentioned earlier, which is whether or not the team wins or loses is 100% completely dependent on how Andrew plays. And there's truth to that. If Andrew plays well and is involved, the team wins. If Andrew it does not and is complacent and pouty and argumentative, then we don't. So that makes it his team. I mean, I, I think that's a little bit of a reach, um, but I, I understand the point that he's making, and the, the I think the truth to that is that we're a lot more dependent on Andrew Bynum than I think we would like to be given the state of his attitude you know I mean before I, I was thinking oh please 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 let's trade trade Andrew for Dwight Howard straight up I hope Orlando goes for that deal we'll be so much better off because Andrew's a head case and then we didn't make the trade and then Dwight went down with back spasms and, and surgery out for the season so it's like whoo thank goodness we didn't make that trade you know but now here we are still stuck with Andrew Bynum and his constant ridiculous antics. You know, so I, I I have serious doubts for the future of the team with him being the focal point. You know, I, I think after the, the season's up, no matter what happens, even if we win, even if we go through and have the Cinderella run and win the championship, everybody's super happy. Kobe gets his sixth ring. You know, Andrew gets his third Everybody's super happy. Awesome. Great job, guys. Trade him. Trade Andrew. Get get. Obviously, you know, get him 
trade him for Dwight. You know what? I would even I wouldn't mind trading Andrew for Mark Gasol. I mean, Mark isn't isn't the player, the the talent that Andrew is, but his attitude is five billion times better. And imagine him and Pal on the same team working the post together. <sighs> Forget it. Attitude is everything, people. Talent is nothing. I mean, talent will get you so far, but if you don't have a good work ethic and a, the right frame of mind, talent will not get you very far in the NBA. Because guess what? Everybody's talented. Everybody in the NBA is talented, some more than others, but everybody's talented. And when you get the teams that work hard as a group, like Denver, that have a collective mindset and attitude, like Denver, like Oklahoma City, that's when teams get scary good. And right now, the Lakers do not have a combined one mindset, one attitude. It's, it's, and that's what's scary. Now, if we get it, again, I, I think all, all bets are off and everything that I said before in terms of the potential that we had to go is where I thought we could go is still true. But I have serious doubts on whether or not it's going to happen. No. Um, is uh, do we think Kobe's hurting the team by taking too many shots? I don't think so. You know, does Kobe uh, occasionally take too many shots? Yeah, he does. He does. But I think he he also is not stupid. Okay, Kobe attempts to involve his teammates. He knows he can't. Kobe knows for a fact he can't win a championship by himself. I know a lot of people like to say that he thinks that and that he can, but he he can't, and he knows that. Okay, which is why he's he's trying to involve everybody. I think Co Kobe believes. Well, Kobe would like to believe. I think that he can win the game by himself. And after a performance like like he just did, it's hard to argue that because he almost did. He almost completely bailed out the team by himself in the fourth quarter. We're still down by double digits with under five minutes left. And Kobe got us back, started, he started draining threes and got us back all the way to one. But it didn't go, it didn't go all the way because, and this is, this is something that like Phil Jackson used to say, I think we, we didn't deserve to win that game. We did not deserve to win that game. As amazing as Kobe was in the fourth quarter, I think the basketball gods looked down at us and said, you do not deserve to win this game. And so there it is, boom. Two wide open threes at the end. Neither of them went in because we didn't deserve to win the game. And we shouldn't have won the game because if we did win the game, everybody would be happy. Everybody would be talking about how fabulous Kobe, an ageless Kobe Bryant is. Now we're looking forward to Oklahoma City and we only lost, you know, the one game. And every all this stuff would be forgotten and lost. And Andrew is so great and nothing would get solved. And sooner or later... At some point during the playoff run, this stuff would resurface. It would come back, Andrew would do something stupid or say something stupid or not be prepared or not get the ball enough during the game and then start pouting and then not playing defense and then all of a sudden we turn around and we're down by 30. It's going to happen if he doesn't change his attitude. And is he going to change his attitude? I have serious doubts. Serious doubts. Because I don't think he sees one... He not, one iota of this is his fault, and I believe I believe that. And I don't I don't know if that's ever going to change. 
You know, I mean, Kobe is supporting him publicly. He even supported the, the stupid comment that he made about uh, about uh, teams being easy to to eliminate. He said, well, yeah, sometimes, Kobe said, when asked about it, he said, well, you know, sometimes that's true. See, because Kobe, again, Kobe's not stupid. He he knows it's a precarious, precarious situation that we're in. He has to ride and depend on and use his teammates, especially Andrew and Powell, if he wants to get that sixth ring. And believe me, there is nothing in the world that Kobe Bryant wants more than to get that sixth ring. And he knows he can't do it by himself. And he also knows that if he starts coming out publicly against against Andrew, Andrew's going to completely shut down and shut off and probably start pouting again. It's him against the world, and, and then we're going to be done. And no matter who's right and who's wrong, there's going to be no sixth ring. So Kobe doesn't care about who's right and who's wrong and who's coddling who. All he wants is the ring. He just wants to win. And he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And right now, publicly supporting Andrew, even though he's being a tool, is what he needs to do to win. And that's what he's doing. It just sucks that he has to be in that in that situation. You know, but there it is. I mean, the... The complacency, I don't think it's all Andrew. I think a lot of it is Andrew, but it's not all Andrew. And and I used to I used to believe that the complacency, which by the way, is not a new thing. It's not a new thing at all. This has been going on for years with the team. This supposedly elitist attitude and the complacency and the ability to completely take off games and to not respect the opponents and play down to the opponents, this stuff has been going on for years. Years. I always believed that it was just an unfortunate kind of like a side effect to the Phil Jackson philosophy. Because, you know, Phil never, Phil always kind of backed the team whenever they would take a game off and they wouldn't, wouldn't show up ready to play. And he would always say, well, you know, it's a really long season and it's a hard grind and this and that, excuse, excuse, excuse. And so then they would go and they would do it again. So I always thought, the one thing I was very excited about was, now with Mike Brown, he's not that kind of coach that now we would get, we would start getting much better effort from everybody. Game in, game out, grind it out, because we're not considered that good anymore, and we have a different coach, coaching staff and a coaching attitude. If anything, we will have much better effort. Well, guess what? It's the same thing. So what that tells me is that I don't think... The complacency is Mike Brown's fault. I think this is a, a habit and a tendency that was already with the team. And it makes sense that it wasn't necessarily something that Phil Jackson had as, as much to do with as, as I thought. Or was should be to as much to blame as I would think before. You know, I think it's it's just the collection of players not all having the same attitude and mindset of giving 100% all the time. And that's that's what it's got to be, you know? I would I would be very surprised if the practices weren't wildly inconsistent in terms of energy and effort because that's where it starts. It starts and ends in practice. If if the team if the guys come to practice and practice hard every single day, every single practice because that's what you do, this kind of thing wouldn't happen. So I'm not at the Laker practices. I, I can't say that for a fact, but I would be very surprised 
if the practices were not really wildly inconsistent in terms of the energy and effort given by by the team throughout the year. So, like I said, I, I don't know that I can't prove it, but that's uh, that's my take. Um, all right, so let's get into a little bit of, of questions. We have a few questions from from fans, from Laker fans. Uh, we have a new contributor to the podcast this uh, episode. We have some uh, some comments um, from Debbie. And Debbie's upset, and I completely understand where Debbie's coming from because I think myself and many, many Laker fans feel the exact same way. And and Debbie says, "Where is the sense of urgency?" You know, and I think that's a question on all of our minds. Where's the sense of urgency? She says, "I am not a bit impressed." You know, the team looks and plays like they're in the regular season with so many more games to go. Wake up. This is the playoffs. Hello, is anybody there? You know, and I think that's that's how all of us are feeling right now. That's how all of us are feeling. And it isn't, I mean, I, I when I watched the game, like in the beginning, I think, you know what, people are, I see people hustling. I see guys hustling, guys giving uh, giving effort out there. It's not that they're laying down, but it's it's not enough. You know, it's it's not like the team is going out there and and just like standing there, even though there are, moments where it seems like they are but they're not just standing around I mean they're they're giving energy and effort but it's not the same level of energy and effort that the other team is giving so guess what it's not enough it's it's not enough you know and and I was saying that the bench before it wasn't really hurting us because you know we're only playing three guys off the bench and so it's it's hard to you know for the stats to match three guys against five or six or whatnot, but the, the downside of only using three guys, and the reason we're only using three guys off the bench is because the bench sucks, but the downside, the disadvantage of only bringing three people off the bench is you have a lot less fresh legs. You gotta have, have to have guys playing a lot more minutes, which is exactly what's happening. The starters are playing tons more minutes than other teams, because they have to, because we're only going three deep in, three deep in the bench. So with like Den a team like Denver, who, who has a, a huge bench and so much more depth than I do, they're constantly re recycling in fresh legs, recycling in fresh legs. So they can just run, 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 run all day. And our guys get gassed because we don't have, we're not using that many players. You know, it's, it's, it's basic math. I mean, and the game plan that Denver's using is not that complicated. You know, it's not overly complicated. It's not super involved. It's basically, I've been saying this every single game, Denver's game plan is run. Run, run, run. Rebound, run. Run it out. It's just energy. It's just have more energy than the other team. And you know what? If you're playing the Lakers, that's going to be enough. That's going to be enough. And it is enough. And But the the, the other side of that coin is if, if the Lakers did the exact opposite... Or the same if the Lakers just came and matched the energy or, oh my gosh, check out this concept, maybe had more energy, at least in the beginning of the game, when everybody's fresh, it would be no, we would wipe the floor with these guys. It would have been a sweep. We, we could win by 20 points every single game if we could find a way to match the energy. And, but you know what? They don't. Maybe it's their, maybe it's we're too old. Maybe it's we're too tired. Maybe it's the condensed season just makes everybody tired. Well, guess what? Denver played the exact same season that we did. Okay? They're in the same boat that we are. 
they're younger, okay, that makes a little bit of difference. They have a deeper bench, that makes a difference. But uh, the most important thing is they want it more. They want it more than the Lakers right now. And that's why they're winning. And that is why I am not even 100% sure we're going to get out of this series. It is completely possible for us to lose this series if we don't have a massive change in attitude. Okay? Because before, like Denver came into this game, before thinking it's probably over. We're, we're done. We're just going to play this out and play loose and see what happens. Then Andrew opens his mouth and says something stupid, motivates the team, and is like, yeah, you know what? We might get we might get eliminated, but we're not getting eliminated today. It's not going to happen. And then, oh my gosh, they win the game. They're going, oh crap, we just won that game. We just went into Staples Center and beat the Lakers in an elimination game. Now we're going home. We could We can win at home. We know we can win at home. Well, shoot, let's go win at home. And then you know what? If we don't have, pull out much more energy when we play Denver in, in Game 5, guess what? They're going to win. And then we're in a Game 7 situation in which all bets are off. In Staples Center or not, all bets are off if these, this thing goes down to 7. And you, you, bet you, you better believe it that it's possible we could lose this series. If there's no change of mindset team wide meaning andrew bynum wide change of mindset so it, it it's such an extremely huge pendulum it's ridiculous because it could swing so far back as we lose the series or it could swing so far the other way as we could go all the way to the championship completely completely possible 100 percent all hinging on the attitude and mindset of Andrew Bynum, which scares the crap out of me. And But that's where we are. This is the bed that we have made, and this is the bed that we're having to sleep in. So there you go. All right, let me get off Andrew for a second. Tom Willett asks, uh, should the re-signing of Ramon Sessions become a priority in the offseason? Well, Tom, I, th I, think it, I think it is a priority. It already is. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be a free agent. I think he wants to kind of see what's going on, see what's out there, see if he can get any other offers. But I, I think I think Ramon wants to stay with the Lakers, definitely. And I think the Lakers want him back. And I, I don't think that's uh, un, not that's unfair to say. I think we definitely want him back, and I think he wants to come back. But I think he wants to like test things out a little while, and and we'll see if we if he'll take the offer that that's going to be on the table for him. Um, It'll be a good situation for him, and, and I, I think he will. I think he will. I think the team wants wants to re-sign him. Um, we're, you know, we're not that far under the cap, or actually, I think we're probably over the cap. So it's not like we have a whole lot of money to throw around at anybody. So it's not like we can, um, you know, guarantee people are going to come back by throwing all this money at them. Basically, if they decide they want to come back, then they they can come back. You know, I mean, the Lakers will definitely offer him a contract. Uh, will he accept it? Will be the question. But I think I think resigning him is a priority, um, and I I, th I think he'll be back. I do. My my gut's telling me that that Ramon will come back and resign with the team. But you know, you, you never know. Never know. At one point, one point I thought uh, Shannon Brown was going to resign with the team. But there you go. Um, I also got a question. Another question from Gabe, who um. Well, he has a two-part question. One part is about Ramon Sessions, since we talked about that, I'll piggyback that a little bit. He says he really likes the way that he was playing before he knew the offense, quote-unquote, compared to what we've seen lately. So his question is, 
you know, are we just getting used to his speed so his play doesn't look as impressive now? Or are is the team not utilizing him his speed as well as they could? That's a, that's a great question, I think, Gabe. And um, here, here's here's my take on that. I think he still has the same speed. I mean, he, he was worried. He, <clears throat> he did get that shoulder injury. And that was definitely affecting him for a couple weeks. There was a few weeks span when he was definitely affected by the shoulder. Um, but I think that's that's better now, and he's getting more of a feel for it, um, for be playing back to where he was when we first got him uh, before the shoulder injury. Um, but I think one of the big issues with uh, us not being able to really utilize Ramon's speed is that when, when he gets a rebound and he turns on the gas and bolts down, down the court, if the other team gets back fast, like Denver always does, he finds himself on the other side of the court in a one-on-four situation because no other Lakers are getting back there with him. So he sprints down to the other, to the other side of the court. He's got four nuggets huh, surrounding him. What's, what's he going to do? What's, what good is the speed if you're going to be playing one-on-four? You know, if... What was happening in the regular season would give him, he would do that, he would turn on the gas, and he would beat everybody down the court, and he'd be able to, he'd be able to go and get a, leg up, a layup. And it would be a beautiful thing. You know, oh my gosh, Sessions just ran by that point guard. We haven't seen that in so long. Uh, play, uh, you know, obviously implying Derek Fisher couldn't do that. You know, and we had moments of that, and it was really nice and kind of fun to see. But then you get a team like Denver, who's quick and young with fresh legs, and they all hustle back with the rebound, then all of a sudden you have Ramon and four Denver Nuggets there. What's what's he gonna do? You know, it doesn't it doesn't do any good if he speeds down the court if nobody else goes with him. We can't run the offense. You know, if you can't outrun the other guys on the other team, it, it doesn't do any good. So I don't think it's a question of the Lakers not taking advantage of it in, unless you you look at it in terms of, yeah, if everybody doesn't bust their butts and hustle chase him down the court, then we're not taking advantage of it. Then yeah, totally. Then we're not. Because that's the problem. If he's the only one running that on our team, then it doesn't do any good. It it, it everybody needs to run or he has to be faster than the other guys. You know, and it's very it's very simple. It's not that complicated, you know, but that's I think that's what's uh, that's what's been happening. So the second part of Gabe's question is do you think we're being overly optimistic with all this making it to the championship talk. We've seen flashes of greatness, yes, but there has been no consistency or reliability at all this year. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much, that's a great kind of recap of what I've been talking about this entire podcast. I, I, I do think right now, as it looks right now, it looks like, yeah, we're being very much overly optimistic with talk about making it to the championship. You know, and we have seen flashes of greatness, yes, uh, and and no, there has not been any consistency or reliability at all. And un unfortunately for the team, it all comes down to Andrew. We're going to be as consistent as Andrew can be as consistent, because we all know Kobe's going to bring it. Kobe's going to bring it every every time, and he's going to try to find as many ways to get everybody involved as he can. And when he realizes nobody else is going to do a damn thing, then he'll try to take over the game, like he did in the last game. And every once in a while, he could probably do it. 
and get us a game or two. He almost got us this game himself, but it's not going to get us a championship, and he knows that. He is 100% aware of that. So that's that's kind of that's kind of where we are, you know. Could could things completely turn around? Yes, 100% they could. Andrew could decide to show up and decide to really commit himself energy-wise to the games, and then we get Ron Artest back, and we could all of a sudden be firing on all, all cylinders, and we are a really, really tough team to beat in that situation. And that could happen. It most definitely could happen. Um, I, I honestly don't think it's going to happen, at least on a consistent basis. I think it, it there's a probably good chance that it's gonna it's gonna happen at least at some point for a little while. Um, I would be it would be great if it was gonna happen the next game going into Denver into Game Six that would be fabulous, um, and then we go on and, and bring the same energy and effort to Oklahoma City that'd be great and we I say we just ride that ride that puppy as long as we can ride that horse into the ground and see how far it takes us. Um, but heaven forbid Andrew thinks that, oh my gosh, he's not getting the ball enough or he's not be look, being looked at as an, as an offensive option enough. And then he starts pouting and complaining and complaining to the refs and who go, who knows, maybe he's going to give another sh cheap shot to somebody, get thrown out of a game. It's not like it hasn't happened before. It's not like it hasn't happened multiple times. So <sighs> writing's on the wall, folks. I, I pray that we can get him involved enough to finish this run this year and then hope that we can find a way to do something at the end of the year after, in the offseason to get this guy out. Because I don't, I, I don't believe he's ever going to mature. I don't think he's, his, his head is going to change. He's had plenty of time. He's not a kid anymore. He's been in the league seven years. And... Um, you know, there it is. So prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Andrew. And all of a sudden, come back. Oh wow, I was such a, I was such a jerk, and I was so full of myself. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was a kid, but now I'm grown up. You know what? That that would be fabulous. That would be so awesome to hear. Laker fans would rejoice. We'd have a party. We could throw a parade if that happened, because it would mean everything to the franchise and to the team. But I honestly don't think it's going to happen. Let's just try. I just hope we can get this guy involved enough. So we can make a make at least another run this year, and then uh, see what we can do about it in the off season. Because, man, it's so it's so sad when because the team is so good. The team are the Lakers are so good when everybody is involved and putting forth the same effort. It's ridiculous how good we are, and it's maddening as hell when they. We're not that good purely because of effort. And that's exactly what it is. It's effort, 100%. The, the title of uh, episode three of the podcast from our first loss in Denver, you know, was Attitude, Not Altitude. It's all attitude. So keep, uh, keep supporting the team. Keep flying the flags. Keep going to the games. We're going to ride this thing as, as far as we can ride it. I hope we ride it all the way. Um, I hope Andrew gets an attitude adjustment and things start falling into place. Um, I hope they do. And I'm going to be cheering the whole way. So there you go. Um, hit, hit, hit me up with, with comments and, and 
by all means, if you disagree, if, if you guys disagree with what I'm saying or disagree with any of my takes or any of the points that I was making, please let me know. Let's start a dialogue. You know, get it in here because it doesn't have to be just what I think either. But I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to tell you my honest opinion, even if it's not pretty. Um, but definitely, if you don't agree, let me know. Let me know through the Twitter page, Ask Liquor Lance on Twitter. You can go to the Facebook page, Ask Liquor Lance at Facebook. Uh, and and let, me, let me know. Let me know what you're thinking. If you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, throw a comment down there on iTunes because it... it makes the podcast look better if there's comments on there. So even if they're negative comments, it's all good, you know? Just leave them on. Put something on iTunes. It's good for the podcast. So awesome. Thank you so much for, for listening, and thanks again for everybody who contributed topics and questions. Um, keep them coming. Uh, I love to talk about it. I love the team, and I really hope that we get things turned around and we do it real quick. So... I'll see you after the next game. Thanks. Guys.